0: Charm Diamond Centers.
1: Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to save 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm
0: Diamond Centers.
1: Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0%
2: interest financing, trade up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound
3: like Charm Diamond Centers.
1: Wow, that was really good.
3: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile
2: can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
0: You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 125. I am Bag Milk here with Tyler Uramchuk, Rick, and Nation Dan. We are going to get you set up for what is going to be a thrilling weekend for the Edmonton Oilers. Battle of Alberta weekend, gentlemen. A lot of previewing to do of back-to-back games against the Flams. But first, I want to start off by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant, as we always do. It is time to get yourself a new vehicle. Finally, we're making our way out of the tundra. You made it. Your car's made it through. Maybe now it's time for an upgrade. Maybe it's time. They've got those beauty Broncos. I saw one in the showroom. I was DMing Sherwood Ford the other day, and I said, hey, give me that Bronco. And they said, all right, you can pay for it. I said, no. Give it to me. They said no. not how
3: you work. That's not how I
1: work. It almost I mean, fell try, it.
3: They though, almost
1: Dan. fell for it. They almost fell for it, it, you know? it. All I'm shot. thinking is that four Broncos, they could be different colors. I don't think we would mind. No. Mm-hmm. We could create a nice Oilers Nation radio convoy around the city in Sherwood <laughs> Ford Broncos.
3: We could do the podcast on our phones tailgating each other. It would be
2: amazing. Because- I bet you the Bluetooth in those things is, is prime too, I yeah. bet. We could Guaranteed.
0: get four different Broncos all inspired by one of the Oilers jerseys from this year. Yeah. That
3: Ooh, that'd be one. Nice. That oh. one. That
1: one. Or that one. That'd be real nice.
3: We'd all, oh, that's Tyler coming with the heat here. Tyler's he's wearing got great his, ideas.
1: He's wearing his, uh, his reverse retro right now. I am. Imagine what Tyler would look like in a Bronco in those colors. He'd look great. Uh, follow Sherwood Ford on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Get yourself a deal. But if you're happy with your current vehicle, bring it in. If you need some service or some love or some new tires or an oil change or whatever you need, Sherwood Ford has got you covered. Beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. As we do every week, we start off this podcast with the Sherwood Ford Giant Question of the Week, Mister Uremchuk, what do you got for us?
0: It is centered around the Battle of Alberta because that's the big talk right now. Back-to-back games against the Flames, so the Sherwood Ford Giant Question is: What is the biggest key to the Oilers picking up a pair of victories? Biggest key to victory for the Oilers? There's your Giant Question.
1: I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Last game against Calgary Flames, that was what a week ago? A week yep, ago? two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. I'm going to say that goaltending tonight is the biggest key to victory for not just tonight's game, but tomorrow's game. Because last time these two teams played, two weeks ago, I thought the Oilers played well enough to win. It was just one of those nights where they couldn't get the save they needed. So for me, I'm taking the easy one, gentlemen. Taking it off the board. You're going to have to get a little bit more creative. It is goaltending is the biggest key to victory this weekend.
0: I will uh, I'll, I goaltending a great one I'm gonna say dominate the special teams matchup and that mm. allows me to include a bunch of different things in my in my answer You need to stay out of the box you need to be disciplined you can't be taking dumb penalties your penalty kill can be a hundred percent if you don't give the flames any chances on the power play It's simple as that. Don't allow power play goals by staying out of the box. And if you can go with the flames and to take in a few penalties, attack them when you have the man advantage, the Oilers power play has been struggling a little bit, just three for 16 in their last five games, go out, dominate the special teams in these next two games and you'll get four points.
1: I like that. I like that. And I've got some, uh, some numbers here to support that from our friends at flames nation after Mr. Nation, Dan, your keys to victory, the battle of Alberta weekend.
3: My my key to victory comes from Flames fans themselves. I've been uh, peeking in, just watching to see on uh, on the Twitter sphere what they're talking about, and one of the things they keep talking about is the lack of emotion from most of their team. They 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 don't see the same Matthew Kachuk that they saw last year. He's not he's not able to get under people's skin this year as much as he has been. We saw the images of him, you know, obstructing Connor McDavid and McDavid's just laughing at him. There's no there's no engagement there. There's no frustration. So I think you just keep the emotion out of it right now. You know, and that's speaking as a guy that runs hockeyfights.com and I want to see the emotion. But for right now, the best player on the Calgary Flames, according to Flames fans, is Milan Lucic. And that's a problem. If he's your if he's your number one guy right now, there's an issue there. And so don't stir the pot. Don't let them get fired up. Don't let them get any energy in it and uh, And keep it pretty mute. And we should be able to, to come out with two W's here this weekend.
1: I'm going to tag on to Dan's point here and say that give Milan Lucic the puck as much as possible. <laughs> it will do well. Rick, your keys to victory against the Flams.
2: Uh, just playing a solid team game in our own zone. Um, it's going to make the goaltending job a little bit easier. Keep all the shots to the outside. Don't give any of those grade-A scoring opportunities. And we can uh, not really have to rely on the goaltending as much as as we may have to. If we can just keep it nice and tight in our own end, uh, the offense will take care of itself.
3: That was some
0: synergy from all of us, boys. Yep. That's <laughs> how you come up with a good game plan. The one I'll add in as well. <laughs> Is uh, get off to a good start. The Flames have been struggling in their starts recently, and the Oilers. I think they lead the NHL in first period goals. Hammer the Flames early. Get, same game script as as that win against Winnipeg. Couple quick goals. Ride that into a victory. Right.
3: Yeah, they they weathered that storm right at the start of the game, and then and then yeah, you're right. They just uh, they took over and and did what the Jets have done to us previously, which is just get some quick strike goals, and and that sets you up for success. So yeah, you do that to especially to old big Civ Dave, uh, who I think uh, Gregor had the good stats there this morning about uh, about the fall of of the fall of David Ridge since he beat us in the Battle of Alberta once and, and flipped the bat, or flipped a stick in the air.
1: I've got that tweet from Gregor here for, uh, that Dan mentioned. So we know that Dave Riddich is getting the start tonight. He is 0 for two this year with an 868 save percentage and a 323 goals against. That lends to Tyler's point of getting a quick start. To me, when I see a goalie with numbers like that, you shoot from the fucking parking lot. It doesn't matter where you're at, shoot at him. Let's give Gregor it, start. Since he defeated the Oilers in a shutout on January 29th, twenty twenty, Riddick is four eight and one with an eight eighty one save percentage and a three thirty eight goals against average. That was, of course, the game where he stopped was it Leon in the in the yeah. shutout and then threw his stick in the air like some kind of triumphant one. Well,
2: that puck bounced off Leon's stick, didn't it? That yeah. wasn't really a save here. That's yes. uh, that was part of the issue.
1: Yes, but that
3: that comes back to the emotion thing too, right? That's a you know that. He tried to use that as a way to, to get us, get us off our game. And then immediately the next game, Yamamoto came out and, and did it right back to him and, and mocked the, mocked the toss into the air. And unfortunately the cameras didn't catch it very well, but yeah, keep the emotion out of them.
1: Looking at the other side, our friend Ryan Pike, great guy despite his allegiance to a horrible team, over at FlamesNation.ca today wrote the Flames were not very good against Vancouver in their last outing. Simply put again, the Flames lost. Actually, they got beat handily by Vancouver. They hope to have a better start, a better middle and a better finish against their most bitter rival. They won't have any challenges getting emotionally engaged in this game, but hopefully they can execute more efficiently in their transition game. When the Flames are skating and moving the puck well, they're a really dangerous team and fun to watch when they're standing still and making thoughtless decisions with the puck, they can be a pushover. So with Ryan's thoughts in mind, saying that the, uh, that the flames like the Oilers at times make poor decisions with the puck. What are you hoping to see from Edmonton tonight and tomorrow in terms of maybe, speeding up their decision process. Maybe I'm thinking of a guy like Yamamoto since we brought yeah. him up. He's so relentless on the forecheck and on the puck. That's going to create, that's going to reduce the amount of time that the flames have to make decisions. Is there anything else like that, that you can see that it's going to kind of lend to the Oilers getting a better start? Like Tyler said, or just pushing the pace. Anybody?
0: That third line, I think, is going to be a big part of it as well. Whether it's Cahoon or Ennis that plays there and stays there for the two-game set, that third line with Kara, Archibald, and whoever, if they can be hard on the forecheck, pin the flames in deep, and something I've been big on this year is just the Oilers' bottom six creating offensive zone face-offs. If you can force the other team to have to line up in their own end and allow Dave Tippett to throw whichever of McDavid or Drysaddle are more rested over the boards you're going to create offensive chances. You're going to score more goals. So big thing for the bottom six, in my opinion, Force turnovers, get pucks on net and in spots where the goalie is forced to cover it and get an
3: offensive zone face off.
1: You you hit it on the head.
3: You go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, like you hit it on the head with the Yamamoto comment uh, for a guy that, you know, I think people were pretty critical of him in the first Winnipeg game. He absolutely came out and, and showed exactly the player that he is. He's relentless on that forecheck. When this team is using its speed on the forecheck and not just to run and gun with other teams, it, they're good. And, and, you know, you get that from an Archibald, you get that from a, from a Yamamoto and, and hopefully good things continue to happen. Gaetan Haas as well. You know, it, it's, it's that aggression and using that speed in, in the right spots instead of, instead of going into the, the run and gun game between the two teams. You just, uh, you just continue to be relentless and all over them on the, on the back end of things. Their defense, I, I said it at the start of the season, their defense in Calgary is, is not that much better than, uh, than it was before. So I, I don't know. You just keep pushing that defense and keep pressing them and, and good things will happen.
1: Uh, one thing I want to add before we move on here a little bit, I think another key that just kind of came to mind for the Oilers this weekend is bearing down when clearing the zone. Oh, lately, the team has played well, I think, I think we'd all agree they've played better, for the most part, in all three zones on the ice, but they still have trouble at times clearing the puck out of their own zone. And it's caused handfuls of goals against that, in my opinion, were completely avoidable. Anybody else seen the same thing? Tyler, you made a, an audible gasp.
0: Oh yeah, well, because 100, especially on the penalty kill, feels like Adam Larson's the only guy on this penalty kill who can consistently fire the puck down the ice. Seems like everyone else at some point makes like an egregious error. But also at five on five, Larson's move struggled moving the puck out of his own end when he can't just slap it down the ice. So absolutely not making mistakes. at I'll even add the other team's blue line into this as well. Like just yeah. that danger zone within well, yes. within three feet of either side of either blue line. If you're not gonna dump it in. Or if you're going to try carry it out of your own end, you better be fucking 1000% sure you're going to make the play and keep moving it out because that'll kill you, man. Turnovers right there. And especially like when you have a mobile decor like the Oilers kind of have on that right side with Barry and Bouchard and then on the left side with Nurse, those guys are reading the play thinking you're getting it out. That's what bit him on that Cahoon mistake is everyone's moving north you're moving North and then you don't make the play or you try to risk it. And the play starts going South and everyone's looking the wrong way. Momentum's going the wrong way. And that's how odd man rushes go back the other way. So if you're within three feet of either blue line, you need to be making the right choices.
1: And I think too, that teams in the NHL are so good at turning the puck around and moving it the other way. So like Tyler said, when you're facing North and you're moving North and you fuck up that exit or entry, depending which blue line you're at, it does not take long for other teams in the NHL to turn that thing around. And the Oilers have seen that many, many times. Another key that's coming to me as we're talking about this 10 times, I believe is the number that the Oilers have allowed a pair of goals in under two minutes or less this season. No more. Yeah. No boy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's you know to, to piggyback again off of what your M truck saying like that that penalty one of the only penalties that felt like it was legitimate there uh, for both teams last night or the last game against Winnipeg uh, was that Larson Larson's recovery on the breakaway the partial break that was given away by the blue line of the other team. And it's just, yeah, you, you, you ask for big saves from your goalie, but you also have to limit those need for big saves at the same time. And so it's, you know, it's frustrating at at both ends of the ice, but yeah, that's, that's a great point about the offensive blue line as well.
1: Dan, just to, yes, we want our goalie to stop breakaways and shit, but like, Let's try and help him out, like Dan yeah. said. Like I, the Oilers' goal uh, breakaway against per sixty is sky high. It drives me fucking crazy. Uh, round the horn, real quick. Game one, Battle of Alberta. I guess it's the second game of the season series, but game one of the weekend series. Round the horn, real quick. We're gonna do some score predictions, Mr. Nation. Dan, you're right underneath me on the screen. What do you say? Two one Oilers. Rick. Five three Edmonton. Tyler.
0: Me and Rick are on team five three. I agree with him.
1: 4-2 Oilers for me, and I feel pretty good about it. I feel like the fourth goal is an empty netter, and I'm going to be happy to take it. A couple of real quick housekeeping items before we move on. Um, Mike Smith gets a start tonight, suggesting Miko will go tomorrow. I think we all expl- expected a split for the goalies this weekend, yes?
2: Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Yep. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about a little bit more at length here is James Neal draws back in for Kyle Touris. So my question for you guys, well uh, over the next couple of minutes is what's going on with Kyle Touris? While you're thinking about it, I want to recommend that you spend a little bit of your time this weekend, perusing the menus from all of the restaurants around our city, from our friends at skip the whether you're thinking Chinese, maybe you want a doner, maybe you want some soup, or maybe you want to visit our friends at Oodle Noodle, skipthedishes.ca is here for you. You don't have to put pants on because they leave the food right at your house. No problem. What I like to do, Tyler, is when I have a Skip the Dishes driver bring me my food, I like to wave at him out the window. And he waves back. And then we have a little moment where he knows and I know that he makes sure that I'm being well-fed in Bag manner. <laughs> And it all starts at skip the dishes.ca. Get yourself something to eat. And like Tyler always says, tip your drivers. Gentleman Kyle Torres is coming out of the lineup for the first time this season. I can't say I'm surprised. I guess the only surprise for me is maybe that it took this long, question mark? In 18 games played so far, Touris has one goal, two assists for three points, and has averaged only, you know, give or take a few seconds, seven minutes in time on ice over the last two games against the Jets. Mr. Uremchuk, I'm looking at you first. What the fuck is going on with Kyle Turris?
0: Okay. First off, I just want to make this observation. This popped into my head while uh, I was driving home from the game the other day. If you're mad at Kyle Turris as an Oilers fan for playing like this. Imagine how (laughs) predators fans felt last year paying this dude, 6 million Uh... bucks.
1: Yeah. And he had, uh, he was, he was their de facto second line center last year in Nashville yeah. as well. So if anyway, he continue, please.
0: It was like, I mean, listen, he, he's a new guy in a new city. I think maybe he's struggling to adapt to his role a little bit, but the boots are a problem. He doesn't skate very well. And I can forgive a guy for getting off to a slow start with a new team, especially when there was, you know, no exhibition games, shortened training camp, all that stuff but we're getting pretty late in the season for there to be any sort of excuses for Kyle Turris's <laughs> lackluster play. I thought, I, th- I think he's been fine on the penalty kill from what I've seen from him there. And I mean, he had the nice goal against Montreal, but aside from that, like I was hoping for him to bring some legitimate offense to the bottom six. And instead he he's did. lost that role to Jujar Cara and yep. we're not even halfway point of the season. So he just simply put, man, he's got to be better in the offensive zone and he needs to have a pulse somewhat of a conscience uh to be able to identify issues in his own end as well because there's too many times where he's standing still not picking up his man and i just i'm a little bit mind boggled by the whole thing because i'm like you were so good at one point you were a six million dollar guy in this league at some point how did like any ounce of defensive zone awareness evaporate from your brain at the exact same time that your offensive skills declined as well like it's it's, I don't get it, man. I'm hoping he turns it around. I still want to be confident he will, but this has just been an ugly start.
1: Before I move along to Rick, you're up next with the Kyle Turris breakdown. The veteran centerman is getting absolutely dummied on the ice right now. If you look at the fannies, fancies, he's got a 42.9% Corsi. That is not good. That is not good. Real, good, real quick breakdown. That means way more shots are being shot against the other's net when he's on the ice than he is shooting at the other net. And I don't think it takes a rocket surgeon to figure out that that's bad news. Rick, what's going on with Kyle Torres?
2: You know what? I think he's just not in the right situation. He doesn't seem to be, you know, like Tyler said, doesn't really have the skates. And, um, though that role we have for him right now is someone that needs to be able to skate out there. You look at the Jujar line. Why is it working so well? Those guys are in on the forecheck. check in order to do that. You got to be able to skate, right? So, Maybe he'd be better suited off with some type of line where it's more cycle and they more have possession, but that's just not where, you know, that's not the role on, on our team right now. The only question I have is uh, I know he hasn't done anything offensively. Has he been on the ice for a lot of goals against and such? Because this does remind me a little bit of um, of uh, Strom the year we got rid of him. He really wasn't doing anything offensively as that third line center but he wasn't doing anything negatively either, right? So, we ended up moving him on to somebody else. Uh, you bring in uh, Spoon or whatever he didn't old do. Well, Spoonman. Yeah. So, then, you know, had, you said you moved, um, moved Strom out of that position. Somebody else went in there, and, you know, they weren't putting up the offense, but, you know, the defense definitely went away as well. So, the only question I have is, I know the course is not great, but are those pucks going in? Like, do does he have a you know, I don't it, he's minus nine negative.
0: in terms of plus minus when he's been on the ice at five on five this year. Um, right now I'm just pulling up the numbers here. His on ice, he, they're getting outshot 112 to 74 and they've been Oof. outscored 14 to six.
2: No boy. No. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, you got to assume that your fourth line guy is going to always get outscored a bit, but Yeah, at that, that rate is way too much. Um, yeah. No, it's like I said, it's, I just don't think he fits the role very well right now. And when you have a Jujar doing what he does, And then all of a sudden you have Haas who's coming down the middle, who has the boots to get around out there. If you can't skate, if you can't get up and down the ice, you're not going to get a lot of opportunities. You're going to get passed by other guys. So he's got to either get moving or, and I don't know how you do that at this point of his career. So I think he's going to be, he's going to be riding the pine a lot in the next little bit here with getting replaced by guys who out there can skate.
0: Oh, I will say I'd have him in the lineup ahead of Alex chase on, I
2: think still, I just look
0: at it. Maybe maybe
1: move him to the wing. Yeah. Like that's that's what I'm saying.
2: Chase on score better.
1: Right, I like actually,
2: like I know not paper numbers yeah, per yeah. se, but what he's doing on the ice is actually Chase on first sometimes. And he's it on Chase
0: on's on a good run right now, but I look at Chase on as a guy who doesn't really do much for me at five on five, and I know Turris doesn't either, but I, I still want to believe there's more upside in Turres' game. And if you have Neil and Puglia Yarvi to play net front on the power play, I would move Neil to the right side on the fourth line, put Turris on the left side, have Haas down the middle. But I mean, with him and Chase on, like you're kind of picking between at least a five on five two duds, You'd have right? all those
2: guys on their off wings. Would Turris be on his off wing?
0: Yeah, Turris is the right Oh, he shoots right. Okay, then, yeah, then I'd keep him on the right side. I'd have Neil on the left I side. Like,
1: I think. I think the Ryan Strom comparison is interesting because he was struggling mightily, in but he wasn't though. There. He just
2: like he wasn't doing anything offensively, but the rest of his game was there.
1: Well, he you was. Know? Yeah, so they were he was I'm looking. On. He he was shooting at a historically low shooting percentage when the Oilers moved him. He was not getting any puck luck, regardless of what you think of that term or not. He just wasn't. And the Oilers sold him incredibly low. Um, The difference I see right now looking at these numbers, it's just Tourist doesn't have the wheels where Strome could still move around. Uh, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you fix that, but I don't think that Ken Holland is the kind of GM that is just going to bail on this either yeah. whether he comes out and he's a healthy scratch for somebody like gayton haas fine i frankly i like gayton haas on the pk better anyway yeah um but i wouldn't mind seeing him moved over to the wing just to maybe maybe that eases up some of the responsibilities that he has
2: he was uh, wing when, last game was not
1: yep yeah dan what do you think what do you think about cutters
3: I think yeah I think you guys are kind of touching on it there it's it's just give him a chance to simplify his game it's it's a good thing that's happening uh Jujar Kera is better than him right now and that's not a bad thing for me makes me um, happy yeah, exactly, and so so I, I'm not upset about it, and that, and that's why you have a fourth line is is for those guys to be able to work that stuff out, but also you know that's why we have Devin Shore, and that's why we have James Neal, is so those guys can slide in and out. I'm I'm fine with him getting some time off and and figuring it out, and I I don't mind the idea of again, yeah, so slide him to the wing, take some of the responsibility out of the game, and uh, and let him kind of figure this out, and and maybe he gets a quick goal here or there, and and it starts to turn things around, but. But for me, it's, you know, like there hasn't, there's been a lot more positives than there's been negatives. And, you know, Taurus is a negative right now. And, and so you're right. I think Bag Milk too, you, you talked about it. I don't think Ken Holland's bailing on on Kyle Taurus anytime soon. It's just, you know, we got to let him, we got to let him figure it out, take some time off and, and come back ready to go.
1: I also don't think that there's anything wrong with spending a night in the press box either. I mean, the guy is clearly struggling. We've, we're we all seeing it. His numbers, his, his minutes played are going down and down and down and down. So Dave Tippett's obviously seeing it as well. Why not give the guy uh, a minute up in the old press box, a night or two, just to kind of watch and see what's going, work with some of the video coaches while he's up there. Um, I, I just I don't see that as a bad thing.
2: I think that's a little favorable to a to a veteran. Like a uh, younger guy, I get where you're coming from, but I think a veteran in his role, um, I don't think you should really need any time up in the press box. If you are getting that time, you're just getting outplayed by twelve dudes. Uh, you know, twelve guys yeah. beating you ahead of the lineup.
1: But well, I, think I don't think that's a bad thing either. Yeah, no, like absolutely just- not. And for Dave
0: Tippett, I've said this a few times this year, like it creates a culture of accountability. It's the same thing yeah. when people were like, Oh, you can't move Ennis up to that top six because you know, he's working so well on the third line. I think that sends a message to the other depth guys. Like, you know, Tyler Ennis was on the taxi squad. He worked his ass off, got to the lineup, got to the lineup, worked his ass off some more. And if you do that, you can get up in the top six like him. And with Taurus, if everyone on the team is watching this guy struggle and he never gets scratched, then you might be looking around being like, the fuck is going on here. Right. Yeah.
2: Does that mean? Does that mean? And I know this is a little bit different, but does that mean you were kind of okay with the bear one? That
0: was fine with Ethan Bear getting scratched for oh, a game. Yeah,
2: I'm, yeah, that's fair. I was too. I mean, I just watched all the. Uh, he was struggling. I just watch everything on like all the hate on Twitter and such, and all that stuff about well, having to sit him and blah, blah 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 blah. I didn't well, mind this one game really in the year, and it's people, it's, it's, it's fans are we, we're, we still
1: got yeah. PTSD from Neil Yakupov being benched and four games into his second season, you know.
0: <laughs> but like, people were acting like if you healthy scratched Ethan Bear in that game, like it would derail his career and he would like never recover from any of it, and you would hate Dave <laughs> David. And It's like, listen, you don't even know what the conversation's like behind closed doors. Like, I don't think Dave. Dave Tibbet walks into the room and goes, Ethan Bear, fuck you. You're sitting yep. in the press box. Like there's a conversation sure, there. The, Same thing with Caleb Jones, can. right? Like Caleb Jones, when he got back in the lineup, was probably told, start blocking shots, start being better in your own end, or you're not going to play. And he yep. got back into the lineup, kept jumping out of the way of shots and wasn't better in his own end. So he got healthy scratch. You know, it's not like Dave Tibbett just wakes up and is like, who do I hate today? I hate this <laughs> guy. He's not playing. Like
1: it's not how it works. <laughs> There's which also an kind of element. The internet's interesting, right? Because it just reminds me <laughs> it of is. the other day, uh, Ryan Rashog, he was at practice covering the team as he always does. And he posted a video to his Twitter of Dave Tippett essentially kicking Nuge, McDavid, and Nurse off the ice. And the speculation was ridiculous <laughs> from that short little clip. And all it was, they asked, I don't remember which of the boys had to answer the question after. He's just like, he just wanted us to not do battle drills. I don't know. Like,
2: yeah, because they, they played so much the previous game, dude. I was well, watching a game on NBC that night, and in the first intermission, they they brought that up and they made, and they sold it like something was going on. Like they showed the little clip and they're like, yeah, here's a video of, of of coach and he's sending McDavid off the ice, and you know we're gonna look into it, and I'm not too we're not too sure what that was about, but you know, and they were kind of like selling it as something, and we're talking uh, first period like five hours later. <laughs> and NBCs out there like trying to sell, and they're
3: like, on the ice. Like they both start. Everybody started. <laughs> I think making... that the the thing that keeps happening is, and it's. It, I think it's partly to do with the pandemic, and so the media doesn't have the same access. The they can't hear. They can't hear the the chatter on the ice as opposed to because they're up, you know, up in the nosebleeds now. Um, and then there's the, just that element of like, there's so many confusing things. Like James Neal going on waivers would never happen in a regular season, right? It, it just it just wouldn't have happened at this point. Um, especially when he's playing well, but it's, it's part of the pandemic stuff. And so, yeah, I I just think that there's like a lack of communication and then there's just an absolute starving need for us to have answers and access to every little thing. And so, yeah, you get the NBC guys trying to create people just want to
2: blow up little things and then nothing.
3: And that's the hype machine, right? And we want, we want them talking about the Oilers. It just sucks that they're talking about the Oilers with a, with a negative spin, but
1: even the thing, the James Neal on waivers thing that they, uh, that Dan just mentioned, I thought the reactions to that were fun. Oh, how could you put James Neal on waivers? As if there was any chance that anyone was going to claim him. Why quite would frankly, anybody? Quite frankly, would, if they did, they would have been doing us a favor. Yeah. yeah why would so, anybody be upset about this? They're like, so oh away James
2: Neal for free. Like, yeah, no, we just got rid of five and a half million dollars for free. Like, this is this is a reason to celebrate right now. What it yeah. is. Yeah.
3: For the first time since the trade happened, Flames fans had a one up on us, right? Even though it was well, not paper, really, I could counter it. No, you can exp- you can explain it away, right? But but for them, it's that like instantaneous. Well, he's on waivers, and we haven't waived sheets. Not that they can, but yeah, I was going to say know, like, so. It's just it's just it was a but they, it a but they would
2: if they, but they would in a second if they could. So oh, even in that situation, they, we're still winning.
3: Flames it's still
1: his asset management.
3: Since Milan Lucic scored his goal against us, he has played way better than he had at the start of the season. But I can see the receipts. We can all see the tweets where everybody's like, why is Milan Lucic still on this team? And like, you know, it, it's just, we're very fickle as, as fans and we're very quick to turn around and say, oh, James Neal hasn't scored enough goals to make Milan Lucic worth it. I don't know. It's just, it's Flames fans just trying to get one up on us and good for them.
0: I will say, I definitely think they should buy out James Neal this off season. So I think
1: they, I don't think they should. I think they should try to work a trade with Seattle so that they take it.
0: I just don't know what that deal would look like. Like are but you it's willing to be give costly, up
1: costly but you, maybe it's one like it give you Caleb Jones but you also one have a fucking, fucking James Neal.
0: They can get, get Caleb Jones or William Laguson for free though in the expansion draft. I think it would probably be like if you actually wanted them to take that big of a deal, I think you're probably looking at attaching Puglia Yarvi to him or throwing in like your second and third rounders in 2022. Yeah, I, don't, I
1: don't think yeah. it would be that much. I don't think it would be that much. They do have to get to the cap floor. And I think base, I was looking at some of the trades that happened in the last time around. And again, I think GM's learned from the last one. Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing, but I don't think it would take that much. Yeah. The last one, it was like, you you what could sell the, a fan base pick? on James Neal. You could sell a fan base being like, we just got James Neal. He's scored 20 goals, 900 times. You'd be like, wow,
3: cool. And he was with the (laughs) Vegas Golden Knights during their expansion. So you got that element too.
1: Chances are a lot of these Kraken fans are going to be Canucks fans that don't give a shit about the Canucks because they're terrible. And so they're going to be jumping ship to Seattle. So they don't know about hockey anyway, allegedly, in my opinion. So that's going to work. They could sell James Neal.
0: You know, he Don't does only have two years team. left, but if he doesn't get taken in the expansion draft, I'd 100% buy him out. But I would first, you're right though. Like try everything you can to, to pawn him off to Seattle. Cause if you, if you can give up a, a third round pick and say, Hey, you can have Neil and Caleb Jones and a third round pick. You just got to make sure you take Neil from us. That could work.
1: You know what else could work, Tyler? Planning yourself a getaway to Jasper, Alberta. Why? Because it's beautiful. Because it's beautiful. And you love act- outdoor activities, Tyler. Yes, You love spending time outdoors. You love having things to do. You love the beautiful, serene, wonderful landscapes that we're spoiled to have here in Alberta and our national parks. And our friends at Tourism Jasper want you to go check it out. They've got lots of stuff to do, whether it's the winter or the spring, to be outside, to do so safely. Whatever you want to do. Maybe a little vacation away to the mountains is in order. I feel like you've earned it, people. I feel like you've earned it more details, check them out. Jasper.travel. Jasper.travel. Ad reads like that are why Mike13 gave us a five-star review this past week. Thoroughly enjoyed the George Laroque interview. Loved his energy and respect for Oilers fans. Had goosebumps listening to him describe being in the dressing room before games in 2006 and feeling the fans cheering. Just an amazing episode. Love the show. From Mike Bond. It's a five-star review. Mike if
0: Bond. You- I love Mike
1: you want to leave us a review please do so on apple Podcasts. i would be happy to read them. mics is the first one that we've had since uh it's been a minute it's been a minute please leave your reviews please help us out we want to be the number one hockey podcast in india not number two and your reviews will help us get there uh gentlemen if you don't mind me doing a little bit of a rant here for a second
3: <laughs> this past we has all been leading up to this
1: this past week has been a very busy week on social media. When it comes to my friend, the man I champion and have since 2011, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, nobody is surprised to know that he needs a new contract. Some of us are surprised that it didn't get done before the season starts, but I understand economics have changed. The NHL is in the same place. It was even a year ago. That means extensions on a player like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, well, they're a little bit trickier than they once were. However, the thing that surprises me, gentlemen, is the amount of fans that have watched this guy for a decade and undervalue what he brings to the team. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the third best player on this hockey team, behind Connor and Leon, no doubt. And I think sometimes when you look at those two players and how good they are and how dominant they are, you expect everyone that plays with them to have the same level of, uh, of production, same level of output, even though that's just not the case. Even when Crosby and Malkin were in their prime, their line mates were not also putting up 100 points, but they were valuable contributors to a successful hockey team, and that's what Ryan Eugen Hopkins is. We're talking about a player who plays in all situations for the Oilers. He's on the first line power play. He is first up over the boards on the PK. He is on the first line, specifically requested, in my opinion, and based on what I've heard, by the captain of the hockey team. Are we really going to accept that the Oilers are going to play hardball with Ryan Nugent Hopkins when they don't do it with players that are not even half as good at him when it comes to contract time. Is it really fair to expect that the Oilers could spend, let's say for the purpose of this, $6.5 million? That's what Nuge gets. I think that's, in pandemic times, that's a little bit, that's fair. That's reasonable. He probably would have got seven and a half had this not happened. Maybe 8 free market. Is it unreasonable to pay a guy $6.5 million when he consistently, over the last three seasons, has put himself on pace for 65-plus points in a year? Right now, he is on pace for 32 goals over a full season. Do you think those players are easy and cheap to acquire? Because from what has been going on in the nation, in the comment section, on social media, some people think that that is the case. Some people think that they could spend $6.5 million in free agency, clearly haven't even looked at the list of who's available, and find a player of equal caliber or better than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'm going to present that that's untrue. Think of it this way. Connor McDavid now has put, he's been drafted. This is his sixth year in Edmonton now. What do you think he would think if the Oilers let his 65-point winger go, the one he asked to play with? Do you think Connor would be happy about it? Do you think he would be appreciating that they just got rid of the third best player on the team over a few hundred thousand dollars when negotiating deals wasn't necessarily part of it. When the likes of Alex Chason gets 2.25, Zach Cassian gets three point something. That doesn't sound like hard negotiations to me, but yeah, we're gonna play hardball with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. If you remember, it wasn't that long ago, friends, when the Edmonton Oilers stiffed another guy named Ryan out of a few hundred thousand dollars. What was the return on that trade, Dan? Well, I'll tell you. Robert Nilsson. Did he work out? Maybe for a minute. No. <laughs> Is that a draft pick, too? What was that? Alex Plant. Did he work out? No. Fuck Alex Plant. Wait a minute. Did we talk to Alex Plant yes. on this podcast? Yeah. I love Alex Plante <laughs> podcast. Guest, but not as the return for a trade. They also got Ryan O'Mara. I don't even remember Ryan O'Mara playing a single game for the Oilers. I think he did. He didn't but play I don't many. Remember. This is what we're talking about. So here are the options. And before I just take over this podcast entirely and throw, I got to throw it to the other three boys here. Here are the options that we've got. As far as I see it with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. One, you trade him at the deadline. You get picks and prospects that not are not as good today as he is right now. Is that going to help in a playoff push? Are we going to get another Ty ratty equivalent, throw him next to Connor and be like, do your thing, Connor, you can do it. No problem. Are we going to let him walk away for nothing after the season because we need him for the playoff push? That's arguably worse than the first option. Cannot happen. Or the third one is you find a deal that works for both sides, understanding not just that you're paying for a player that's been here for a long time, but that you're paying for a player that can play left wing, center if you need. Listen, we just did a whole thing on Kyle Turris. We are one injury away. Knock on wood, of course from having Kyle Turris as our second-line center. Is that a spot you want to be at? I don't. So the three options you've got, you trade him at the deadline for picks and parts. Great. Let's rewind. Let's Everlay for Strom for Spooner again, because it worked out well last time, right? Second, you let him walk. That's just not an option. Can't happen. Third, you sign him. And from the other perspective, from a team perspective, you got to sell Nuge too. Yes, he could get more money elsewhere, but will he play beside Connor McDavid elsewhere? No. Will he play beside Leon Draisaitl elsewhere? No. He's been through miles of shit. He is Andy Dufresne crawling out of a pipe. Finally, made it out of Shawshank. Finally, the team's turning around, and now he's going to bail? No. This is a player, Saravali said it, or Shog said it. He wants to be here. He's told the organization he wants to be here. And I think there's a deal to be made that that isn't so egregious. I have a question for you. People freak out about it. Yes, Dan.
3: What's your number that you say that the Oilers should say no to? That's where I think that the issue is. is I think everybody has a line and there, some people are saying it's seven and a half million. Some people are saying it's six. Who knows? But what's yours?
1: My number is if you got to get them started with a six. Yep. Now, would I be upset if it goes 7.5 and you overpay Ryan Nugent Hopkins by 500 grand? No, I wouldn't. You do it. You do it because you overpaid Alex Chase on a million dollars. You do it because you overpaid Zach Cassian a million and a half dollars. You do it because he is the third best player on your team and you need him. You need him to win. You need him to show Connor and Leon you're committed to winning. Would 7.5 be an overpay? You betcha it would. You betcha. But I don't think it would be so poor of an overpay that it would affect mm -hmm. the team negatively as opposed to overspending $500,000 on a lesser piece. That is my rant. Tyler, your please.
0: I was just going to say, we should go around the horn and give, you know, kind of what our walkway numbers are. Like for me, you beg milk, you said yours was uh, seven and a half on a seven year deal. I would be trying like hell. And I think the middle point here needs to be the Oilers should go to Ryan Newger Hopkins and say, listen, One of these numbers can start with a seven. The other one has to be a six. If you want a seven-year deal, it's got to be six, six mil or six and a half. If you sign a six-year deal, we'll go up to seven mil. But the number, my walkway number is seven and a half million. I would not give him anything more than that. But Bag Milk, I think your rant was spot on. This is an important guy that you can't just go out, snap your fingers and replace. You need to bring him back. If it's a seven-year deal, I know it might sound crazy to some people, but he's that valuable. My walkway number, or if it's anything under seven and a half, they need to get it done.
1: Rick, yeah. what's your walkaway number on News Hopkins?
2: I may even go up, and I don't think he's going to take it this far, but I may even take it up closer to eight. Um, just honestly, you undersold him. Last minute of the Please. game, you're up by a goal? He's Nugent. out there. Last minute of the game, you're down by a goal? He's out there. He's your second option when you're five on three. He's out there in overtime he's out there in a shootout. You have all these roles that you would need to fill you'd need to bring in at least two new players and to get that level of production out of it, you're going to be paying $3 million a player. No problem. Okay. So if if not more, especially because it's going to be a a UFA player, you're going to be paying extra for it. So that to, to, to replace them could easily send you over eight. Okay. I don't think he wants eight. I don't think he's going to, I don't even think that's going to get that far, but there is one other option here. There is like a two or a three or a four year deal. To get through this flat cap era sure. and get him to 31, 32 ish, whatever, and then have one last contract after there. So, if he wants to do that, then yeah, you know what? 7.5, no problem for three years. Damn but the next one's your- probably going to be down a little bit. You want the longer one? I'll do seven times seven, no problem.
1: Dan, before I get to your number, I think one thing too that people confuse, especially when it's dealing with me, when I use the keep nude forever hashtag, which now I was looking through the first time I tweeted that was now years ago. I think people are associating me saying keep nude forever with it has to be like an eight year deal or something like that. Listen, if they got, if they went, if both sides agreed on like a two or three year contract to get through this flat time, so who cares? That's still works within the keep Nugent forever thing that we've been pushing this whole time. It's just this player is way too valuable, way too valuable to this team. And if you are truly committed to winning, you're not going to replace him easily or cheaply. In fact, I would argue the money spent on Nugent Hopkins will give you better value than the same money spent on two lesser players. And it's yes. going to happen every single time. Dan?
3: Yep. It's, for me, number yeah, for me, it's you know I think you said it there too, big Milk. When people hear "keep news forever," I think they just immediately assume you're saying give him whatever he wants, and that's no, not nobody's saying blank check. Everybody exactly. Everybody has a number, and that's the line that they're going to. My only scenario, I think, like I, I said pretty strongly this week, that I think that it should start with a six, but that was again like Tyler said with that seven-year number in front of it. Um, for me, the only situation where it makes sense to to give up Nuge is if a team is sending you back a legitimate number one goaltender. There's not a lot of those available right now. There's certainly none available this summer um, as it is on the free agency market. And to your guys' point as well, there's no replacement for Nugent Hopkins that just is straight up going to give you exactly what Nuge gives you. Sure. You could go out and sign Taylor Hall for $6 million for that number of years. And he's going to give you some offense. He so he's would he's never not sign you, for that, though.
2: Well, he's not signing nope. for less
3: than eight or nine. Well, but, like, I'm just saying, like, you could go out and sign that, but he's not even – he's not giving you what Nuge gives you on the other side of things, on the defensive side of things, and the the utility knife ability of replacing a, a McDavid or a or Dreisaitl in a situation where they are out for an extended period of time. So there's that element, too. Um, Any period of time, you know? Yeah. And it's just – so it's just for me, it's like, if, if Nugent Hopkins isn't going to be your third best player on the team – it has to be your goalie at that point. And that those options just aren't there this summer. Um, they were last year and, and, you know, maybe it's a different situation last year. If we did bring in a Jacob Markstrom, um, but it's just not the case. So, yeah, I think going forward, you're looking at, you know, again, middle of the ground kind of goaltending that's going to, we're going to have to play a better team defense game. And you go and use some of that free money that's coming up this year from the chase on contract coming off the books to go and shore up your defenseman, which again, you know, not a lot of good defense available in the free agency market, but hopefully you can find somebody at some value.
1: What I kind just of think defenseman are you trying to pick up? I just think that going to free agency is going to cost this team. First of all, you're going to pay the Edmonton tax, and as yep. much as we love living here, it's 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 a reality. It's a reality. People. The thing that I found interesting yesterday, because I was going on a rant on Twitter about Nugent Hopkins yesterday, is some very convinced, no problem. They win a trade that he sends him out of town, which I would, I could not disagree with. Him. Not winning that trade. He
3: They're
1: not is, making that trade. He, you're not winning it and you're not make you, you can't make it if you're play, pushing for the playoffs, you are not going to get a big return for a player that is an expiring contract in a couple of months after the deadline. It just doesn't happen anymore. It's not like people, there were some people I was watching it on the nation. Cause Brownlee wrote about it yesterday. I was watching it on Twitter. People were like, "Wow, Winnipeg and Columbus did a PLD for line. A. Well, this is not that situation. It's not, a player that's going to be restricted, getting flipped for another that's you know, the like, just had the a two-year contract. Yeah, does the, the same situation. Yeah.
3: A deal with Nugent Hopkins is going to include draft picks that are going to upgrade significantly if Nugent Hopkins didn't sign with you.
0: Well, again, like the teams that would want Ryan Nugent Hopkins are teams who are pushing for the Stanley Cup. So if you trade him, those teams aren't giving you a good player back. They're giving you picks and prospects. If you want to get a good player on a struggling team, why would that... That team's not looking to bring in Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They're looking to build for the future and get young assets. So you... Like, it's just the people who are arguing and I, I could see it coming. If the Oilers let him walk because they don't want to go seven mil, there are people on Twitter who will sit there and go, they shouldn't have let Nugent Hopkins walk. Hey, and those same mm-hmm. people right now are saying you got to let him walk. If he does, if he wants seven mil, can't do that. Like, fuck me. You can't replace that guy. Who wh- are the Oilers better off in three years? If they let Nugent Hopkins go, cause they don't want to give him seven, but they give Jaden Schwartz a long-term deal for 5.75 exactly. million. Like, no, you're exactly. fucking
1: not. It's the same thing to me. I I brought this up and after the 2017 playoff push, Jordan a Nuge too, for that matter, did not produce in the playoffs. He was vilified for it and moved in a trade that was a clear downgrade in skill. Now, no offense to Ryan Strom. He's actually turned things around in New York to his credit. But here we are four years later after that trade, almost four years later, and we have no assets from it. Jordan Eberle is still in New York scoring goals and he's turned himself into a playoff producer for the fucking Islanders. Do you want to watch, how many times do you want to watch the same movie again? Listen, I've been an Oilers fan my whole life. I'm used to disappointment. But when I look at situations play over and over and over again and have people defend them so mindlessly as if you can just replace this guy, no problem. You could just go snap that guy up on free in free agency. No problem You go
0: trade for someone better. Oh, really? That fucking easy? Sure.
1: It's just like I saw a lot of this on The Nation and it it doesn't make sense to me. Trade Nuge for John Gibson, first of all. Why would Anaheim do that? Yeah. I love Nugent Hopkins. I'm president and CEO of the fan club. Have been for a decade now. However, let's be realistic. John Gibson is their goalie of the future. Besides plus Ryan Houston Hopkins is on an expiring contract. Use your head. It doesn't happen. Just because you, you actually, made it happen in EA Sports does not mean that real life is going to happen.
2: Do you actually think they let him walk? You can't no. seriously think they let him walk, do you? That like this this contract there's, gets done. Like all this all this talk out here, all this talk out here is annoying and it's and it's just people that wanna, you know, put a spotlight on them or whatever. Like it's ridiculous talk to me. This is getting done. We're not behind the scenes. We don't know how this stuff works. There's lots of times when, you know, it kind of goes radio silent for a little while. And then, you know, we're still in a, in, a, in a situation where we don't know what's happening tomorrow. Yeah. You know, let's wait longer and then we'll try and figure it out. I guarantee you this thing gets done. But I've got a real funny suggestion on how we get that first uh, goalie, though. And I don't know who's going to like this one, but use that first round draft pick. And now here's my question, because this 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 little uh toss rinner. Hopefully we'll know a little bit more about his shoulder in a bit. But what do you think a first down of Clefbaum gets us?
0: If he, here's my thing with that. If Clefbaum's shoulder is back up to a hundred percent, you keep that guy. His contract's too good to go trade. It's but he only too has good one.
2: Man. He only has but only, doesn't he only have one more year left? He has two more. This so, year doesn't count as a year off his contract? No, it will. Um So, is he at three right now? Like this is, and then he has two more after this year? Yeah, he's two more after this year. I'm not moving
0: that guy. Um, I'm not, if Clefbaum is 100% healthy, I'm not moving him. If he's not 100% healthy, you can't trade him. So,
1: because I agree with Tyler in the sense because if Clefbaum is healthy and he can come back and he can play, that prevents you from having to dish out money on Tyson Berry. Yeah. I personally, with Baron Bouchard on the, like, I like Tyson Berry fine, but. I don't know if I yeah. spend a bunch of money I think really the right excited.
2: I think the right side's fine as well. So I honestly I'm on I'm on side with you guys and saying no to Barry. Thank you very much. Handshake. See you later. Hope you get a big contract. Thank you very much. Left, <laughs> very much. On the left side though, um, I do think you'd have to make a decision whether you'd be two more years a cleft bomb and then a question mark because obviously he's not playing for four and three quarters after that. Or do you and or do you keep Nurse for the longer amount right now because you, you can't have both those guys, can you? Clef Bomb's health
0: is the biggest question mark with this Huge team question. going for. Like, you can't even plan the expansion draft without knowing what Clef Bomb's health is, which is why, like, when I try to come up with all these plans, like, hey, how can they get a goalie? What's the expansion draft going to look like? You have no, we, we just can't because if Clef Bomb needs to be protected, that drastically changes how they're going to attack the expansion draft. Yep. You know? It changes the Barry thing. It changes what you could trade to get a goalie this off season. is the big sort of domino that you need to figure out first before you take on anything.
2: So, are you going to resign Klefbom? Is that your whole is that your whole plan? Like, yeah, let's just say he comes back and plays and and whatever. What's his contract going to look like?
0: I don't think it would be too insane because again, he struggles to stay healthy. Like I think a 29 year old Oscar cleft first off, that's a long ways down the road. And also by the time he's up, you should know a little bit more of what you have in Broberg Bouchard. You should know if he's going to be top pairing or not, you know, Samurakov will be coming up through this system. You'll still have bear Lagos might still be kicking around at that point. Like there's so many things to consider.
2: I just I like bet. our left side so much that I think that I'd be willing to, uh, if it you, meant, a, if meant a really good goalie coming back, I'd be willing to part with the cleft ball now.
0: Well, yeah, but again, you're banking on Broberg eventually being top four and Laguson being an NHL guy for good, right? Because other than bank, that, who else do you like in that top six?
2: Well, the right side's taken care of, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just thinking the left side, I think. And I do think that between Nurse and uh, Jones and Lagasin and Broberg and some Rukov, you're going to have at least two. And then you just have to pick up a third a third line guy, which is you can sign one. Or if I'm not mistaken, I think all three of those you can get three yeah. guys out of that five. No
3: there's there's enough old guys on, uh, like enough veterans on the <laughs> the free agency wire this year <laughs> that I think that they could they could sign a warm body to play on the left side in the bottom the bottom half. I just think if turn. you
2: can if you can utilize that cleft bomb <laughs> oh, into yeah. a into a big cut time goalie along with that first round draft pick.
3: I think would
0: be like. Again, the health is just such a question mark, but like people forget he's only a year older than Darnell Nurse. And right now we're talking about Darnell nurse as this guy, you know, just getting to the prime. He's taking big steps forward in all this. But like Clefbaum, if he can get if he can get that shoulder figured out, and it might not even be for another year from today where yep. he has it finally figured out, if he gets that figured out, he could still give you like five, six really, really good years of hockey. That's why I'd be
2: hesitant to trade him. But you have that just, weird question mark over whether or not it gets hurt again in the future. But that could
0: hurt his trade value too, right? What team is yeah, going to... No, 100%. Mm.
1: There's so many questions around Club Bomb right now. Um, the only thing that I don't question are his apps. Do you know keeping <laughs> those <laughs> things nicely polished, nicely <laughs> shied?
3: On that that same theme, like do we even know if he's had the surgery yet? He, hasn't. he has, not Yeah, he, right? he, he posted decided. a picture on his
2: Instagram or whatever of having scale. Yeah. Like he was playing Shiny the other day. He hadn't even decided
3: yet. Just uh yeah, it's a tough situation. I don't imagine he gets another one or two year, like more than one or two year contract for the rest of his life kind of thing. Cause he's, he's just such a question
1: mark. Yeah. Well, and I would say GM's going to GM though. So. Well, yeah. That's if, GMs gonna, if GM's are
2: going to, if GM's are going to GM, that says there might be an opportunity to make a, a trade for him while he's still in question markville.
0: Back I think the there's a no lot of things we got to get through before we start talking potential cleft palm deals. I
2: and agree. if you did, if you made that trade right now, you're not losing oh. anything off the roster while the goalie sits in, in uh, quarantine.
0: Yeah, but aren't you losing your LTIR space?
1: Yes.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. That's another thing, yeah, I said. I wasn't really, I didn't really <laughs> do, do it that far.
1: Uh, back to the original point of my rant on this segment, just around the horn real quick. Put, give me a, throw out a number. What's your guess? Do you think a, a Nugent Hopkins extension gets done? And What's your number? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say it's going to be 6.5 and the term. I can see it being four or five years. Throwing that out there. Tyler, uh,
0: my guess will be it ends up being a six-year deal worth six point seven five million
3: dollars.
1: But you still think he's an oiler? He's an oiler. Dan, is he an oiler?
3: Yeah, I think he's an oiler, and I'm going to go higher than you guys. I, I think six point nine nine is the is Hell the yeah. number that comes in, and it makes <laughs> nice. it makes the uh, makes the it be 6. feel happy.
2: Wouldn't it be six point nine three then?
3: Yeah, nice. There you go. Yeah, but I I just think that that's the, I think that's the number and I I would say probably seven years.
1: (laughs) Rick, is Ryan Nugent Hopkins an oiler next year?
2: Yes, he is. And it'll be be that that little two or three year at like a seven or or, why are not we saying seven years? Why would he take six? Like, I don't, if he's going to go six, why don't you just get that last year in there?
0: Oilers will say, we'll give you more money
2: if you take less term.
1: And I'm looking Mm, at Ryan. I didn't see
2: that one year being that big of a difference, but yeah, he'll be up in the six, seven, five area.
1: I mean, I would also sell Nuge. Like, come on, you're in a good spot, buddy. You've made $43 million in your career. He knows
2: it, though. He wants to be here. That's the thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, he's going to want sell. $13 million. No, he doesn't want that. He's not even going to for more than uh, Leon money. You're not, we're not in a situation where it's going to be that big of an issue.
1: I just think, but maybe not for the player, but you're also dealing with an agent who wants to get his chunk of that contract as well, you know? I don't see
2: I see Nuge being in charge of that, man.
1: You can buy a lot of ponies with forty million, forty-three million 43 million bucks. Nooch. That's right. a lot of pony money. Come back to me. I've got jerseys to buy my friend. If you think that I <laughs> forgot that I'm going to buy jerseys when you resign, I have not forgotten. I have not forgotten, but you know what? I dislike all of this chatter. I dislike all of the people doubting Nuge. I dislike it all much. Like I dislike having a big furry mangy bush, Tyler, Oh boy. I dislike having (laughs) big furry plums. I'm (laughs) relatively hairless everywhere, but I got a fucking Wolverine growing in my pants. Tyler, what do we do about this?
0: Okay. Um, that, that (laughs) just rattled me. Um, our partners at Manscaped, they love hockey and they are all in on the NHL this season. Head over to manscaped.com and here's what you need to remember. You need to remember that the promo code is ON radio. ON radio is the promo code. You go to manscaped.com and this is just a hell of a deal. If you listen to real life, you've heard me say this already, but this is the ON radio deal we're giving you the performance package. Here's what it comes with. It comes with the Lawnmower 3.0 Skin Safe Electrics trimmer. It's their brand new model. It looks unbelievable and it works unbelievable as well. Crop Preserver, Anti Chafing Ball Deodorant crop reviver, ball toner and refresher, magic mat, disposable shaving mats, the weed whacker, which is good for your ear and nose hair. And on top of that, like I'm not even done yet. They're going to throw in a travel bag. They're going to throw in a pair of their Manscaped boxers. Go to manscaped.com, find this deal. You'll you'll look at it. You'll go $295. Your M check. I don't have $295 to throw around on this stuff. That's okay. Cause it's already marked down to 159 99. And then you're going to put in the promo code Radio, and this bad boy is going to be knocked down to less than $130. And you're saying, oh, you're just going to get, they're going to gouge me on the shipping. Fuck that. Free shipping as well. Wow. Manscaped.com, promo code Radio. It is the deal of the year. We're very happy to be partnered up with Manscaped. I know I'm doing just, you know, the ad read stuff, but it really is sensational <laughs> products. And uh, it's a great deal as well. We're only doing this, I think, uh, right now, we got, a, we got the deal on for a month. So get it well lasts
1: we want to make sure that your fuzzy peaches aren't quite so fuzzy when the summer rolls around you know i bag milk would like to endorse Manscaped because i care about your pubes and its maintenance get them, get rid of them because as dan always says trimming the hedges makes the stump look bigger there's so much pub talk I, love- I
0: apologize to anyone that's like listening to this with their kids or like at work <laughs>
1: Manscaped.com. What's that promo code? One more time, Tyler. ON radio. 20% on off radio.
0: and free shipping with that code. And not just on that big package as well.
1: <laughs> cool. Nicely shaved package.
0: Not just on the big package as well. Any of the products, you get 20% off free shipping with the code ON radio.
1: I hope they sign a deal for the rest of time because I want Tyler to read Manscaped ads forever.
0: <laughs> All right, boys. And that's the other thing, too. If this promo code goes well in the first month, this will become a thing for the rest of my life. So if you want to hear me continue to read these, one, you're gonna look good. You're gonna be nice and trim. You're also gonna get the gift of me doing these fucking ad reads all the time, which is
1: amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. I agree. I agree. Oh. Manscaped.com promo code Owen Radio. Go shave your beans. That's what I'm asking you to do. You take care of the Frank. Now the beans. All right, Tyler, get your buttons ready. It is time for the manscaped.com hot and cold performers. As we do every week, we start with our veggies. And seeing as he's looking very disappointed right now, I'm going to start with Nation Dan, <laughs> your Manscape.com Cold Performer of the Week, sir.
3: Well, thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the podcast. for serious, you know, it, uh, it, it is it is great to have them on the podcast. Uh, my Cold Performer of the Week is going to be for also the Jets fans listening to this podcast, which I'm sure there are many, hundreds and literally tens of them. Uh, but it's Michael Markovic and Brad Meyer. Well, one of the worst refereed games I've watched in a long time. Oh, yeah. you know, referees are allowed to have uh, referees are allowed to have a bad night off here or there, but that was an absolute gong show of uh, a refereeing clinic. That's the that's the tape that they'll show people what not to do when you become an NHL referee. It happens. We'll uh, we'll move on from it. We got the win out of it, so we can't be too upset. But Michael Markovic and Brad Meyer, you get my cold performer of the week.
1: <laughs> a sad horn, a sad horn. <laughs> unlike the horn you've got from our friends at manscaped Now, <laughs> uh, tyler your are manscaped.com cold form of the week
0: my cold performer of the week i'm going to keep it on brand with the last half of this episode it's the hate that ryan nugent hopkins for some reason has That's been it. getting even if you don't want to give him seven million dollars you don't need to go around trashing the guy while he's still an oiler if you're hating on rnh you're my
2: Cold Performer of the Week.
1: Burr. Rick, your manscape.com Cold Performer of the Week.
2: We talked about him earlier, and we expected a little bit more of that secondary scoring out of him, but uh, right now Kyle Turris is not providing that. Luckily for us, we do have some other players stepping up, and all of a sudden our defense are uh, apparently going to share the rocker the Rocket Richard Trophy at the end of the year, but uh, unfortunately for Turris, he's going to have to sit in the, uh, in the press box for w- at least one. And wait for another opportunity. So for this week, Kyle Tiris is the cold performer.
3: They are just fucking ass right now.
1: My manscape.com cold performer. I'm going to do this one is going to be more of a challenge than necessarily a cold performer. The power play. I felt like, yes, they got a couple of power play goals this week. But they also had some opportunities where they just, they were just out of sync, you know where they, were, they couldn't get settled in the zone. They couldn't get the puck moving around effectively. They were just a little bit sloppy. And when the Oilers' power play is hot, that team is moving. So I'm just going to – it's more of a challenge than necessarily calling them cold. You can be better. The power play on manscaped.com, cold performer of the week. What the hell is going on? Flipping a ledger, let's end this week's podcast with some good news. I'm going to start with Rick this time around, your manscaped.com hot performer of the week. Um, this one,
2: you know what? We're going to give it to Papa Bush. Hmm. Um, he's really taken a step forward. Every game he's gotten right now. Uh, we're starting to see what he can do from the blue line, whether it be that massive bomb of his or just, a uh, seeing eye shot that somehow finds his way through four defenders and a screen in the front of the net. Um, that's, these are all things we've been looking for for, you know, decades um we got one right now and you know kind of sucks that you got a a guy like barry uh playing ahead of him right now but it's understandable uh i'm okay with it giving bush the year to uh figure things out uh i'm fine with and hopefully by next year it's his uh it's his spot on that power play so for this week uh papa bush you're the hot performer
1: put some respect on my name also Honorable mention to Robin Brownlee for adopting the dad nickname as much as he (laughs) has. Brownlee loves it. Brownlee (laughs) loves it. Uh, Right beside Rick, Mr. Nation, Dan, you are manscaped.com. Hot performer of the week.
3: My dog was just barking. Sorry. Uh, uh, (laughs) My hot performer of the week is going to go to the guy we all love. Number one in our program, or sorry, number one in our hearts, number 97 in our programs, Connor McDavid for his 500th career point in exactly as many games as Sidney Crosby did it uh, in his career. But the difference being with Crosby, his, his arc is pretty, is pretty straight and linear. McDavid's is just going to the stratosphere. And I, and I, can't imagine that McDavid is, uh, is anywhere close to Crosby's milestones as he hits 600 and 700 and going on forward. So, uh, Connor McDavid, you're the, you're the best, simply the best. He's a hot
1: guy! Just real quick, Tyler, before I move on to you. I was, it was one of those weird coincidence stats that they both hit 500 mm-hmm. points in 369. Like nice. As they kept saying it, I'm like, that's just weird. It's weird to have two generational players hit the same. And I agree with Dan. I think that Connor's only getting better and better. But it, it is, it was just one of those weird coincidences for me. Did While you see like, his
2: points per game based on years? Like his yeah. first year was like 1.09 or something like that. And now he's up to like 1.52 or 1.59 yep. or something like that points per game. Like that's well, just silly.
3: And it was like, I think it was like 63 games between his 400th career point and his 500th career point. So it's just like, you know, he like I said, he's going into the stratosphere and the sky is the limit for that young man.
1: Tyler, your manscaped.com hot performer of the week.
0: My hot performer of the week. I'm going to go two ways with this one. One, you know, I like shouting out other sports in this section and the Scotties gets going tonight, boys. I got I the two the TVs ready to go curling on one Oilers game on the other. I fucking love curling. And I am so happy that the Scotties are uh, back. And the other one I'm going to give some love to is our new partner at the nation. Deuce vodka. You know, friend of the nation, Brett Kissel, he has his own line of vodka. Now we're super excited to have a partnership going with them. So uh, do us a favor, follow them on Instagram at Deuce Vodka and let them know that Oilers Nation supports Brett Kissel and his new vodka. Battle of Alberta this weekend. Maybe you want to get into the booze a little bit. You got Nation beer. You got some Deuce Vodka. It's a killer combination. That's my you call
1: uh, a super beer.
0: I also drink (laughs) a beer at Rogers Place and I get crazy.
3: Uh, It doesn't even have Deuce Vodka in it.
0: Maybe you'll drink a Deuce Vodka at Roger's Place one day and get rowdy.
1: Uh, DeuceVodka.com. Go support Brett Kessel. He and I, if you didn't know, we did an interview last summer. Both of us had our shirts off. (laughs) I forgot about that. Is
2: is the logo you two guys back-to-back tarps off and kind of like Charlie's Angels type of thing? Holding up a shot
3: glass? Or face-to-face
1: in a warm embrace. A nice, warm shirtless embrace. All I know is that I couldn't leave my man, Brett Kissel, hanging, so I popped a tarp off so that we were one in solidarity.
0: Fuck, I forgot that happened. We, like, literally started the call with Brett Kissel, and he just, like, answered with no shirt on. I was like, what's up, guys? And I was like, oh, damn. Hello.
1: So, you know what? I'm a a team player. You pop a tarp off. All right. uh, Wrap things up. Mymanscape.com. Hot performer of the week. I got to do it. I got to give some love to the third line. How fucking good has that line been? Since has come back from the taxi squad and he is rolling right now, they're producing chances. They're producing in the offensive zone. They're drawing penalties. I got to say, it just adds a different dynamic to the bottom half of that roster and having that third line going. Oh. I like it a lot. I really, really like it a lot. So my manscaped.com hot performer of the week is that trio. Love me that third line. But I hadn't been forgotten I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't look at the line combination tonight. Is is Cahoon still in the third or did he move back up? A yep. Zone?
0: He's on the Three.
1: third. Tyler Ennis. How about him, too? Woo. Talking about a hot performer of the week.
0: He probably should have been he's my hot performer. The
1: taxi squad. Scores a beauty goal. Moves up in the lineup. Now he's playing with uh, Connor and Leon. Got a point the other night. First night with playing with Leon and Yamamoto.
2: What do you think he got moved up because of, or did uh Cahoon get d- moved down because of, bit of a, a bit of B. If Ennis wasn't it's... playing so good, C- Cahoon would be back there.
1: Yeah. I think both. I think, that, I think Ennis, yeah, that
2: cough up was a big penalty for Cahoon.
1: That was a bad one. And not only did he lose the game, he didn't see the re- the ice for the rest of that game. So yeah, I, I think that Cahoon will, Cahoon will be fine. He's getting, I'd be more worried about him if he wasn't getting chances, but he is, and he's just not cashing right now. So, I think he'll be fine, but you know what? I got to give some love for Tyler Ennis and also to Reed Wilkins for teaching him everything he knew as he was renting a VHS tapes at Blockbuster back in the nineties. These are the facts. These are our the man. facts which they've been presented to me. So that's it. That's it. I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the giant again for Broncos for Broncos. Skip the digit.ca for making sure that I'm fed, nourished, feeling strong. Because my body is a temple and they let me treat it as such. Tourism Jasper, because I love the mountains and I want to go ASAP. And Manscape.com for helping me clean my plums.
0: Promo code ON radio.
1: ON radio. Get that sizable package that Tyler <laughs> was talking about. Make sure your own is well shorn. That's it for Oilers Nation Radio, <laughs> episode 125. I hope you all enjoy the Battle of Alberta. I got a 4-2 score. We got some 5-3s. I don't remember what the other one was. 2-1. What Three about the guys. weekend? What about the weekend? Are we splitting? Are we sweeping? What's, what's I think tomorrow is going
3: to be a over for sure.
1: We got 2-0. We got a sweep from Rick. We got a sweep from Tyler. Dan, what say you?
3: I think we probably get a loser point, or sorry, give a loser point there. But yeah, I think we win two games.
0: That's where I was gonna go with it. I was like, "Ah, I bet you we get a loser point in that second one. But like, can you really see the Flames beating us in overtime? I can't.
3: No, that's why. Yeah, I'm saying we give them a loser point, so it's not a four point swing. But yeah, I I think that that uh, they should win. Everything with the Flames is trending down, and everything with the Oilers is trending up. So hopefully that trend continues.
1: I am gonna finish it off. I'm gonna say a split. Just because I think that having Markstrom in the second game of the back to back is advantageous for the Flames, but I'd love to be wrong. Do
2: you think we end up with goalie issues? Is that why the split is? I do you think, think that, you have a, a little bit of a last game type of issue. Last Calgary yeah, game. I news? just
1: think that if if all things are created equal in the second half of back to back, that I, I I don't think it's a stretch to assume that Mark uh, Markstrom can out duel Koskinen. Yes, yeah, yeah, sir. So, <laughs> That's
3: why the schedule structure is a little bit tough, right? Because you're seeing that a lot more and more where teams are splitting their their two game sets that they have against each other. It's when you get the three game sets and more that it gets a little bit spicier. But or you could be uh, Phoenix and St. Louis and play each other seven times in a row.
1: that is, that is like I that bananas. bananas. It's
2: a playoff series.
3: It is. And they a split series. that they split that one down the middle for the first three gate or first six games too. So So it's I an actual game it, seven. That's dope.
1: I also just think it's more difficult to sweep teams than probably we think it is. So I, I feel like a split's fair. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to see the brooms come out for our boys, but we'll see what happens. It is not very often that we get a Battle of Alberta weekend, but here we are. And midway through February, that's episode 125. Oilers Nation Radio is wrapped. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh.
0: In zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.